at that point, they had given us a medication to start using, not only the Aricep, but this other medication, and I forget the name of it, but it was an antipsychotic. We hadn't started it yet, but after the memory clinic did these tests, um, they said, absolutely do not use any antipsychotics because it's Lewy body. Antipsychotic medicine can, can actually kill them. Can, it's that furious with it. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. So with me today is a good friend. Her name is Nance. We are in the same support group. Nance's dad, Joe, has Lewy body dementia, and they went through a pretty troubling time last year because of medication. And she's going to tell us the differences between Lewy body and Alzheimer's and how people with Lewy body should not necessarily be on the same medications as people with Alzheimer's. So thanks for joining me, Nance. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I've been trying to do this for a year, and every time I think about it, we're, I'm busy, and I'm like, ah, i got to talk to her when we're at support group. I don't want to just send her emails. So <laughs> finally managed to do that. So tell me about your dad, Joe, is almost 92. 93, almost 93. Oh, almost 93, okay. Yeah. So he'll be 93 in December. Right. He, um, he was diagnosed five years ago. And what happened, and interestingly, is that he had, I forgot this part earlier when I was telling you, he took a fall and he broke two ribs. And we took mm. him to the hospital and, we, and, the doc, and then we took him to his doctor and they gave him um, Tramadol. And while he was taking Tramadol, I, I was watching him and everything for a few days, and he started to hallucinate. He'd never hallucinated before. He saw people outside. He saw people in the car. The police were there. started seeing children running around the house. And I thought, hmm. And I, for, I kept telling my brother and my sister, something's really wrong. And they kept saying, no, no, it's just the medicine. Don't worry. Well, it got really bad where he didn't even know who he was, it, 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 he was gone. And so I rushed him to the hospital. And what they told me was, oh, we don't normally give elderly people tramadol. It can cause um, them to go into a psychosis. And I said, oh, my God, then why did you, you know, I was given this for him. What happens now? And they said, well, it'll take a couple weeks, weeks for, to get him off of this but let's get him off of this and just give him some uh, Tylenol and stuff for the pain. So from then on, we started having trouble. So it actually, that medicine kicked in his um, dementia. And at that point, we didn't know what it was uh, still. Um, then he started having trouble with finances and different things. And we saw a neurologist and they sent us to the memory clinic because they thought first it was Alzheimer's, but they sent us to the memory clinic, and after testing, told us that he definitely had Lewy body dementia, and they had given him Aricep, and he was doing fine on Aricep, and held him for good five, the four, five, four and a half years, but they also were giving him, were going to start giving him this other medication, and luckily I hadn't given it to him, and the uh, memory clinic explained to us that Lewy body people cannot take certain meds, it can it can literally kill them. And most of that is um, antipsychotic medication. They don't, 
or even anxiety medication. They don't respond well to any of that. It can make the symptoms a lot worse. So um, we got them through all that. We got them on a nice Aricept, doing really well for four years. Uh, like I said, he was testing 28 over 30 on the dementia test, driving all the way up to December of 2017 still serving mass because he was a deacon in the church, was serving in the community. And then he started having, well, he had this, that bladder situation where there was a growth in his bladder. So he had his annual test, which is they give him um, anesthesia. Well, nobody told us that you're not supposed to give elderly, elderly people anesthesia. You have to be very careful. And he, they took the test and everything. And the, the doctor said, okay, it has grown a little bit, nothing to worry about, but he also was on a, um, oh, I forget the name of the medication for any type of urine leakage. And he said, mm. that's really bad for people with Lewy bodies. we got to get them off of that. So there was another medication he shouldn't have been on. They took him off of that. That anesthesia gave us a really rough time. We started noticing some things, but we weren't too concerned. We just figured it was just part of his dementia. And then he started having some stomach problem where he was having diarrhea for over a month. So I took him to the hospital. And this is the part that I always feel so guilty about because I took him to the hospital. And in the hospital, they loved him. They loved him there. He was just the best patient in the world, just wonderful and everything. They were giving him all these tests, found nothing, and then decided to give him a colonoscopy and he you know drank the stuff like a champ when he was done drinking it and doing everything he said well should I drink some more I mean he was just so cooperative <laughs> I laugh my daughter's got Crohn's oh and she had to do a colonoscopy like right at her at turning 24 but they gave her a gallon of that stuff to oh. drink yeah, she got as much of it in her as she could and I kept saying you, you know you've come this far you need try to drink a little more. And I mean, just the smell of it, she was about to lose her, lose her lunch. And he just took it like a champ and was willing to do more. That's the kind of man he was. And then they took him in for this colonoscopy. So this was a month after he'd had anesthesia. So a second anesthesia. Again, no one told us that that's a danger. That's dangerous for someone with dementia or an elderly person. And they gave him fentanyl, or he was in it, and a medicine called Versed, two things that you're not supposed to give to Lewy bodies people. And so when he came out, his heart rate, let's see, his heart rate dropped. His heart rate dropped, and his blood pressure went up real high, or the other way around, I can't remember which right now. And so what they did that messed him up completely, they immediately stopped his Aricept against my will, I kept saying, absolutely not, absolutely not, absolutely not. But they stopped his Aricept, uh, cold turkey, and um, changed his um, blood, uh, uh, it's not blood pressure, it's cholesterol medicine to a different medicine. He'd been on this one medicine for years. And what we started noticing right away is he started becoming really paranoid and hearing voices and we didn't know what was going on. And they told us, oh, it's just part of the dementia, part of the dementia. So after a few days, they sent him home, still without Aricept. 
he had, they didn't put him back on. Mm. And so it was almost two weeks without it. Come to find out, you, once you stop it, it's very rare to be able to start it again. And he couldn't start it again. When they tried, he just went nuts. Just literally, the, the behavior was like a madman. And after about a week of being home, hearing voices, and all of a sudden, he, the voices would tell him to eat real fast. It, it was, he was having conversations. He was the voice. He was himself. I was hearing both things. He was in a complete psychotic breakdown from this medication. And for one whole week, and I'm not exaggerating, he didn't sleep for one minute, not one minute. And I was up with him around the clock. Um, we kept trying to take him to the doctor. They, the doctor would say, oh, he's just got dementia. There's nothing we can do. And I'm like, no, something's wrong. This is not my father. And nobody would listen to us. And uh, the VA finally said, oh, yeah, he needs to be hospitalized and get you know, uh, they said, first of all, they should never have taken him off the Aricept. You're never going to get him back on. And that's the medicine that was holding him great, greatly. And uh, then, then they were going to hospitalize him at the VA. And then because he was 92, they decided, you know, he's old. He's 92. He's got dementia. They wouldn't take him. Sent him back home. Seriously? Oh, my gosh. Seriously. I went back to emergency. We went to the emergency room with him four times. I went back to the emergency room with him again, and they started giving us antipsychotic medication, and we didn't know. So we were giving. Did they not look at the chart? They knew he had Lewy bodies, but that's the thing that I want to be sure everybody knows. If you get a Lewy bodies diagnosis, you have got to be the advocate. You can let let them give them any antipsychotic. They had him on two antipsychotic medications high doses. Then they started giving him Ativan and they were just experimenting with him. Finally, they still wouldn't keep him. So I called the uh, Alzheimer's Association sobbing. What am I going to do? They've done this to him. It's not the disease. It's something they've done. They told me I had to tell the doctors that I would not take him home and they would be forced to keep him. And I it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I said, I, I can't take my dad home. I can't care for him. And so they were forced to keep him. And he was there for, um, I want to say, 14 days in a state of complete breakdown of bombing. People were bombing him. Any little, they had to put him in a private room because any little noise, his brain was so bombarded with medications that he thought people were killing him. This is the most gentle man in the whole world. They had to have five people around his bed at all at certain times because he kept trying to get out of the bed to run, to run. Luckily, they never tied him down or anything like that. There was no restraining, but they were wonderful with him. They would talk to him in Spanish and different things. Well, I finally found a geriatric psychiatrist through the VA, and he reviewed his reports of the of the the bladder thing and then the hospital stay and showed us where the different drugs, then he showed, then he showed us all the drugs they had given him while he was in ER and all the drugs they gave him after and said he would not have given half of that kind of stuff to a 21 year old schizophrenic. They had completely destroyed his brain, just bombarded it. And he says, you're probably never going to get him back. 
and we haven't got, we never got him back to his old normal. He was testing at one point 11 over 30, and now he can't even test. No, oh. not on, he doesn't, he just doesn't test. So they probably took a good two or three years away from us through these drugs and this anesthesia that didn't have to happen if the hospitals and doctors were more up on Lewy body dementia and just elder care that older people cannot handle anesthesia. It puts them into a delirium and psychotic behavior. Um, I've never seen my father like this. At one point, he, he just running around the house that somebody was trying to kill him. It was horrible. It was just absolutely horrible. Um, but uh, I do believe that the two anesthesias is what really set him back. It really did it to him. But had they not taken the Aricept away and probably not given him all that other antipsychotic med medication, we might have gotten him back to his normal. But that's when we lost him. It's when they gave him so many drugs. So now he's so sensitive to medication that anything we tried after that would just, again, put him into complete um, psychotic behavior, hearing voices, uh, abnormal hallucinations, um, just really stubborn, uh, aggressive behavior. Uh, so what we're trying, what I'm trying to do is just get him into a place where he's comfortable. Um, but yeah, they said usually it's two to three points a year they, they lose in the dementia test. And he went from 28 to 11 in a matter of months. And that's horrible. So we, we really lost a lot of time with him. Yeah, that is sad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the process mentally of, I'm planning on looking for a, a dementia friendly doctor. Yes. A gerontologist. And if we have to do, if we have to deal with my mom's bladder issue, which only people who are following me on Instagram are going to know what's been going on. We thought my mom had a bladder infection and it turns out there's something going on in her bladder. So we get to do a third scan to find out if it's a tumor or a cyst or what exactly is going on, but I don't want to do surgery on her for that exact reason. Yeah. It was just the, they asked me if she was claustrophobic for the CT scan. So I made the doctor give me um, a sedative for her, you know, cause you can't reason with her. So she, right. she doesn't understand what's going on. Right. And she's pretty compliant, but, I wasn't sure what to expect. I've never done a C no, I have done a CT scan, but I was, <laughs> I crashed on my bike three and a half years ago and knocked myself out completely. So I was kind of in and out when I was in the emergency. Oh my God. So I don't remember the CT scan. I just remember before. And then I remember the x-rays to x-ray my collarbone, which is what I broke. So I forget that I had a CT scan, <laughs> but I didn't know what to expect because, like I said, I didn't remember it. So, you know, I had put her on, I think it was diazepam, and she fell asleep for a little while. But walking from the waiting room to the scan room, I mean, she's staggering all over the hallway like a drunk, yeah. and she won't hold my hand or take my elbow. 
if I try to put my fingers on her shoulder, she shrugs me off and says, yeah, yeah. don't push me. I'm like, as if I'd push her. Right, right. No, I get <laughs> so I get she's a pretty big fall risk, and I can only imagine anesthesia to do a surgery. Yeah. So I don't... But the nice thing about it is that they're not giving her an invasive thing where they need anesthesia. When they chest his bladder, they went inside, which it was something they did regularly for years, for about the last seven years. And so they would get, knock him out and, and go inside and check take a little piece of it and stuff. Um, but I will never let them do it again. I mean, if he gets bladder cancer, or whatever, that's fine. We're not doing anything about it because he would be gone. If we put him under any other anesthesia, he, we would lose him completely. He would be a, a mess. And, um, yeah, but, oh man, but some, the, some of the medicines, the antipsychotics and the uh, antidepressants and different things work fantastic with Alzheimer's patients and other dementia patients. But for some reason with Lewy bodies, it intensifies the symptoms and, and can be extremely dangerous. Um, I, as I, I was reading the Lewy body board the other day, and I had noticed this before, in big, bold letters towards the end of one of the pages, it said it, how dangerous anesthesia is for Lewy body patients. If I had known, and I just, I, my sister gets really upset with me because I feel so guilty. I feel like it was my fault because I okayed the um, colonoscopy. I said, sure, yeah, let's find out what's wrong. He went in, this happy, wonderful man, and he came out a whole different man. We lost him just in that one brief test, and it just broke our hearts. It's horrible. That's one of the reasons I'm, I work with the Alzheimer's Association mm -hmm. to help advance doctor's knowledge. Yes. Um, you know, there's that bill, the, well, there's the HOPE Act, and now they've got another one that it's kind of a attachment like, okay, the HOPE Act lets doctors be compensated for um, caregiving um, planning. Wow. But there very few of them are taking advantage of it, which means there's millions of patients like my mom and your dad and families like us that aren't getting this care planning. Yeah. And so this is kind of another step in towards kind of requiring memory exams for people, I think it's 65 and over, so uh -huh. that the doctors would be compensated for giving a memory exam, wow. like as part of your normal yeah. wellness care, yeah, which makes great. sense. Yeah, and <clears throat> It wouldn't have helped my mom because she's got younger onset Alzheimer's, but knowing that my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my mom all had Alzheimer's. Right. At least I think so. I don't, my grandmother, my great grandmother weren't diagnosed, but neither one of them had any memories at the end of their life. So yeah. I, I see a very big correlation between how my mom is and how my grandmother was. I could go into the doctor and say, Hey, look, I'm getting a little worried about me. I'm forgetting stuff or whatever. Thankfully, that's not the case at the point, this point. And, and basically say, I need a screening. And, you know, there'd probably be more hoop jumping to, so that they could be paid, but at least we're getting to the point where, you know, you, they don't just patch on the head and say, Oh, I forget where I put my stuff to and blow you yeah. off that way. Yeah. Or, or the big thing, 
the one day that I had to say that about my father in the hospital, this one man's, the one doctor said to me, well, you know, he's 92. And I said, I don't care if he's 192. He needs care and he needs it now. I don't care. You cannot just say he's 92. So let's just forget this. And during that hospital stay, he saw many doctors, and it was, there was one doctor only who said, oh, absolutely, it's from the anesthesia. Absolutely. All the rest of the doctors, are, oh, this is normal for an, a dementia patient. I'm like, no, it's not. This is not him. It's not normal. But that one doctor finally affirmed with us that, yeah, you're right. This happened because of the anesthesia. And every day the social worker was trying to get us to leave, put him in a home somewhere, get out of the hospital. And I just kept refusing to take him. Absolutely. No, not until we have some kind of stability, you know, plus nobody would take him because he was so violent at the time and crazy. We couldn't get anybody to take him. So eventually we had to bring him home with 24 hour caregivers. And that was the hardest few months of my life. Um, It was bad. And, so now we've got him back to a place where he can enjoy life a little bit more, you know, and, and he's not always hearing the voices and stuff. And, but all of this could have been avoided if doctors were aware of the, there should be a geriatric doctor in every hospital uh, emergency room. There should be somebody there for the older people. This should never happen again. I agree. When I took my dad to the hospital, he, I don't know if you know his story. He was a diabetic and he had a donated kidney. So he had a donated kidney in March of 09. And this was November or yeah, the end of November, 2016. We show up to their home and he thought it was 1998 or thereabouts. And prior to that, you know, he wasn't well, he did not eat properly. He did not do any of the things we know we should do diet, exercise, all that stuff. When he was diagnosed with diabetes, he said, I'm going to eat what I want and die happy. Promise you guys that did not happen. Don't think that. So had I known what was going on with him, I would never have taken him to the hospital, but I had no clue. I mean, all of a sudden it was like, I've got two parents with dementia. What in the hell am I going to do? Yeah. And We took him to the hospital. They did dialysis, which he didn't want. And he had a lot of um, like delusions. And I think some of it was being in a a private hospital room with nothing on the walls, no clock, no nothing. I mean, it was like, I'd go nuts in there in like an hour. I'd be crazy. And I, there was a lot of things that they just assumed. Uh And I think if they'd had a geriatric specialist for him, it would have helped too. Right. Yeah. If they're if they have somebody in the hospital that is is aware of the the medicines with the, with, it would be a whole different story. You know they well and just you know they kept saying, oh you know with a little more dialysis you know his memory should be should improve it should come back da 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 da. da. It never did. I don't know what they jacked him up with, right. but when they were done with him, he was there for 32 days. Oh, wow. Trust me, they were beyond done with him. Yeah. And I had to pick in-home care 
givers within 24 hours. I didn't have time for vetting. That's exactly what we did. It was like they wanted us out and no place would take us. And we could still keep staying there until somebody took us. But the doctor said putting him in another place would probably make it even worse. And bringing him home, it might be better. And we had like no time at all to pull, pull it off. It was horrible. So you had to find in-home caregivers and use your gut yep. to make a decision. Yeah. I actually have an upcoming episode where I'm talking to a company that provides in-home care on, on how to do it right. Not the uh, way we did. Uh, I know. <laughs> Fortunately, I guess you and I didn't have many problems, but yeah, you know, yeah, we it was out. the hardest. Yeah. It was the hardest thing to drive away from my parents' house that first evening, late evening. You know, and this was in, this was the, the very end of December of 2016. So, you know, winter time, so it was dark. And it was worse than leaving my kid with her grandparents the first time my husband and I went out after she was born because <laughs> I thought, I'm leaving my parents with these strangers and neither one of them have a clue what's going on. And yeah. it was, So what exactly, how does Louie body present that might or how does it present that's different than Alzheimer's? Can you... The hallucinations. Is, most... Well, two things. It, a lot of it can be uh, start with Parkinson's symptoms. My father does not have that part of it. And um, his VA doctor feels that because he doesn't have that part of it, it's not true Lewy bodies. But the VA neurologist does and his private neurologist does and the memory clinics all feel that he does have it. Who cares? But um, he, does Got stiff, something. he does have some stiffness. But um, it usually... There is some stiffness and stuff with them, but they begin to have hallucinations, and usually with children. That's one of the main uh, ones is the hallucination with children. Across the board, most of them have children in their hallucinations. And they also have REM sleep problem where they act out their dreams, and Mm. um, they literally you know, become thrashing around and it's couldn't be dangerous. Um, he would act out his dreams, but they were more, my father was such a kind, gentle man. Luckily those were pretty gentle and he would have meetings with his firemen and, uh, plan, uh, burns. He was going to go light some burns. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're not leaving this house, but he would be quite away. Don't light and, anything on fire. Yeah. And acting out all these dreams. But those are a couple of them. And then the, the, the other things is, of course, the memory loss and the inability to, to function with finances, all those simple things like with Alzheimer's as well. But the hallucinations is a big one. And he had that when he had, they gave him the tramadols when that started. And there were children running around the house. And I'm like, okay, I don't see anything. And, um, and when I read a lot of the support group um, boards with Louis bodies. Most of the people had, th- that's how it starts with the children. Um, hallucinations. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically with kids. Right. Ooh. Yeah. And he loves kids. Oh, he just, he lights up when he's around kids. Oh, my mom does too. Yeah. We go to the park, we go to the pool. Occasionally somebody will ask me what we're doing and I, I respond and then I hear the way it sounds, and it's like, oh, no. What, my- yes. <laughs> We're not creepy old ladies looking at kids in swimsuits. <laughs> yes. and that's what it sounds like. But, yeah, she, you know, we were sitting at the pool one day, and she goes, 
oh, I wish my kids could be here. And I was like, oh, no. What the hell am I? <laughs> Which I know she doesn't remember our relationship. So, you know, it wasn't a surprise that she said that. But, man, it's amazing how much that still stings. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm bored out of my mind. You know, I mean, I was enjoying watching the moms with the younger kids a little bit because, you know, my daughter's almost 28. So I was kind of having some reminiscence, but I didn't need that for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> 10 yeah. minutes was fine. That's that's um, another thing with Lee Body. They um, the recognition comes on pretty. The loss of recognition comes on early, and he. Um, I'm the only one that he does that with my brother and sister, who he doesn't see very often. He remembers them every single time, but I'm still the one that he doesn't remember sometimes. And I'm with him all the time. He'll, 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 so he thinks weird. his brother a lot of the time, or he thinks I'm his mother. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. I can understand why they think like you're his mom because obviously he's in his mind in a different decade. Right. You would not look like the way you do now, which somehow that didn't sound so cool, but yeah. <laughs> hopefully everybody knows what I mean. Yes. Um, Cause I've heard that a lot where people, you know, they think, well, you're not my daughter. You must be my wife or my mother. I hear that a lot. Yeah. What I find interesting is my mom still thinks my dad is around. He's been gone just about two and a half years. Yeah. The dog that we had to rehome a year ago, a little bit, like 13 months ago, she still thinks the dog's around, but she doesn't remember me. Wow. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, got, I know that one. I know that one. And whenever I have to take her for a medical test or to the doctor, she gets so crabby, like, why is my husband not doing it? And then she just basically trash talks him because he's being a lazy SOB and da 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 da, da which is a little hard to hear because, you know, yeah, he's not doing this because he's dead. So I've learned when she starts saying, well, why is my husband not doing this? And it's always snotty. So it's, it already kind of grates on your nerves because it's rude. Yeah. And it's hard to hear because... You know, my dad wasn't perfect and he didn't have patience with her at all with her memory loss, which that was problematic. But still, it's like, okay, it was my dad's the only one I had. He's gone and I don't really have anybody to discuss it with. So, you know, I'd rather not listen to you trash talk to him. So when she says, you know, why is my husband not doing this? I just look at her and go, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> and I had to say that about four times on Monday, you know, as we were going to the the radiology department at the hospital because she was just rah, 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 rah. yeah it's hard it's so hard to know what to do and what to say and, you know another thing with Louis bodies and I don't know how much of it with dementia but that he started in the in the beginning he's better now but he would get a blank look on his face a lot this stare and that's another thing that you know you read about that with Louis bodies they just it's almost like their facial abilities to express emotions are are gone we got through that, a big part of that. So luckily we still can get him to smile and, and, and talk. And when he's good, he's very active and involved. But that my sister always says, oh, I see it in his face again. He just gets this blank look, you know. And then they have this thing called the Louis lean, where when he's walking, he's leaning way forward with, in the mm -hmm. walk. And he's shuffling and there's a leaning walk. And that's more of the Parkinson part of it. So does he use a cane or a walker? A cane. They want him to use a walker. He just won't. You know, we've tried, but and he, 
but he picks it up and walks with it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I've had a lot of people suggest a walker for my mom, and it's not because she has balance issues. Her visual processing is so shot that shadows or wet spots on the pavement right. or any place where the pavement changes texture, you know, like the bumps outside right. the grocery store for the visually impaired people. I hate those things for me with my mother. I, it's, I've almost wanted to just pick her up and put her over those things because as soon as her feet touch something, if we walk on even flat grass at the park, she like immediately stops. It's like slamming the brakes on in a car. So the front half of her is flinging forward and and she will not hold my hand. Wow. She will not let, take their elbow. She's going to fall. I know she's going to fall. Yeah. And I'm doing everything I can to prevent it. But right. I know it, I know it's coming Monday as we were leaving Starbucks after our drink, you know, it's like a hundred degrees out and she, the step down from the sidewalk into the parking lot. It's a little bit higher than the standard curb. <clears throat> And so I, I reach out and I said, oh, here, I'll, I'll, you know, grab my hand. And she just looks at me like, like, like I'm gross. And she's about to put her hand out on this van that's next to her. And I said, I just grabbed her hand and said, please don't touch the car. It's hotter than heck. And as soon as she had both feet off the sidewalk and next to the car, she's like, okay. And she just jerks her hand right out of mine. I'm like, yeah. Okay. You're going to fall on your face one of these days yeah. and it's not going to be pretty. You know, I, I am doing everything I can to prevent it, but a lot of people think, well, why don't you just have her use a walker or as they call, they call it a brace in the UK, which is interesting. I had to figure out what that meant one day. And I'm like, I, I can just picture her refusing or leaving it somewhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's a solution. Yeah. Yeah. So how many days a week does dad go to? He goes to daycare, which he yeah, loves. Yeah, it's a St. Anne's. He goes uh, Tuesday through Friday, and he loves that. Um, uh, just very active. Uh, just just now recently with this new drug, we've had a couple days of just not wanting to participate, but never before. He's just so active, and he loves it. He The pictures, he's so expressive. He's got the old smile back. He eats well there. He... Um, you know, he can't have conversations anymore that make a lot of sense, but no, nobody can there. So they're all having conversations with each other and they're so happy <laughs> and they're just, they're just great for each other. And he gets a lot of physical activity and he plays ball and golfs there and gardens and it's, it's wonderful. It's just, wonderful. and do they, do they take him over to the church for like a, yeah, he was a he's an ordained deacon with the Catholic Church. So he, most of his adult life, he was able to go day, daily mass every day. And so when this happened, that was taken away from him because he couldn't go. And then when I would try to take him, he refused to leave the church. So I had to stop taking him. <laughs> so, so what's so wonderful is that it's at Saint Anne's in Byron, and it's a Catholic uh, church with grounds and stuff. And so prior to the the center opening they one of the caregivers meets him at the chapel and they take him to mass and he has mass with the small group and then he goes over to the center and spends his day there so he's getting that daily mass again four days a week well three days because there's no mass on friday and then a caregiver takes him to mass on sunday 
So at least I'm keeping that going for him. And it's so beautiful. I went to mass one day with him there and he can recite all the prayers just, you know, just from rote memory. It's just so beautiful to hear him because so most of it's gone now. And so it's so nice to hear that when he goes there. Does he also remember all the hymns? Um, he never was much of a singer, but probably some of them, but he's never much of a singer. Cause I, I know from research that music, yeah, the music. they, they, la- that, they retain that the very far end. longer than anything else. Right. And I'm thinking that prayers are sort of melodic like music. So that's probably one of the, that's what happened after the incident in the hospital. All his talk became like a sing song when he would talk to us, he talked like this, drove us nuts. And when he's going into a spell or having a hard time, he'll go back to that talking, how are you today? And it's almost like he's doing a chanting, like a church chanting. But yeah, he does that. All these little peculiar behaviors. It's really, the brain is so fascinating. I've said this a lot. If I was half my age and had twice the aptitude for science, I'd go into brain research because it's just, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah it really but is. I'm not good at math or science. I'm an artist. So. <laughs> I'm not good at that. <laughs> how much art there is in science? Probably not much. So what, we're just going to keep plugging away with dad until, yeah, I, I, like me and mom. Keep him at uh, all saints as long as I possibly can keep them here at home as long as I can. Um, we, we have a caregiver. Actually, I have breaks five days, a, uh, seven days a week, or I couldn't do it. So I have a caregiver on Mondays that's from the VA and that's, uh, without, luckily they give that to us for no cost, which is wonderful. And then we have a private caregiver on Saturday and Sunday. And then he has the St. Anne. So I get those breaks or I couldn't do it because at night is when he's, sundowning the worst and stuff and the sleeping and waking up in the middle of the night and wanting to get dressed and go out to work and just craziness. So um, there will come a point when we'll probably need to bring in a, 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 you know, back to 24 hour care here. But right now I'm still the the one that does that part. But luckily my brother and sister uh, and I all agree that we keep seven days a week, somebody to help me. I could yeah no that's I I I would go crazy I really would yeah no that's not it's an it's a necessity yeah and I I applaud the people that don't have that break I don't know how they do it well I don't think they should no it's it's (laughs) oh I I spend two or three hours with my mom on Monday and this week because of the dramas with you know I show up and I knock on her door and she opens the door and she's clutching clothes and she's not wearing pants or a shirt and she's all upset because she needs a change because she's wet so i am immediately launched into like a stressful situation it's more mentally stressful yes and i helped her you know then we have the issue with saying she needs to go to the bathroom at starbucks and not following me to the bathroom so then you know, and then we get back to her care home and she was complaining that she was dripping all over the floor and I didn't notice that. And so it was just, it was just very stressful and they didn't let me stay in the room with her when she did the CT scan. 
and which I was kind of appreciative of, but I was also afraid that she'd give them crap. Right. Because that's her. And Tuesday, I was just like, I just had like just the cloud, the blues cloud hanging over my head. I didn't get a lot of work done. Yeah. I did as much as I mentally could, but mentally I was just like drained. Yes. And I'm like, that's what it is. And it's so strict. In fact, I went to the doctor this morning and I, I told her, I think I have a thyroid problem because I'm stressed to the max and my, my, uh, PTH is real high. And she's like, no, you don't have that problem. I said, there's something's wrong. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, it's wrong. Yeah, you're a caregiver. <laughs> That's what's wrong. So it's crazy. Yeah, the stress level um, is very high. And, um, and when you're trying to take care of somebody and then just so paranoid about trusting the doctors that they know what they're doing and they don't, then it's even worse, you know, because I was trusting the doctors and boy, was that a mistake. And you just have to be an advocate. You have to. And you have to know what the procedures that they're going to give them, what is going to, is it going to hurt them even more? And I should have known how to question that. And I didn't. And so now I do. And boy, do I question it. <laughs> yeah, they're probably like, dang it. Yeah. Now she knows the tricks. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating because you know, if you're not a nurse or a doctor by training, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, taught to yeah trust them and listen to them and they're the authority and it's frustrating yeah, and I don't even do it anymore with my own health I uh had a UTI myself a while back and and it was mainly they believed in the kidney so they gave me Cipro instead of K-Flex and I take have taken Cipro in the past this time around when I took it I started to have these strange thoughts in my head and I was like losing it and doing some like crazy thinking and I happened to have a I'm in a chronic pain program because of my body pain and the um, pharmacist of that program called me and I was explaining to her she goes you know Nance we no longer give Ciparol to the elderly because you're considered (laughs) that age now it can bring on a psychosis and, oh, good Lord. and so this, I just had another UTI and she was going to give it to me again. This is my regular doctor. And I said, no, absolutely not. I will not take it. And she goes, you're right. You're right. That, that does happen. And we don't do it for the elderly, but because you have such a kidney problem, we were going to give that to you again. But if you don't want to do that, I said, no, I don't want to do that right now. Let's try the lower dose first. But yeah, so even I have to be an advocate for myself. So drugs are very serious. Yeah. As you get older. I think there's very serious. For anybody. Period. Yes, I agree. It's like my daughter is on a live in biologic infusion for her Crohn's. Uh-huh. My husband's got a, a colleague whose daughter is probably about six or seven years younger than my daughter who also has Crohn's and they are doing everything they can not to put this girl on the same medication and I mean, they, this girl's in college. They wanted to put her on a liquid diet. And I'm like, please, you know, she lives in a dorm. Yeah. It's not practical. And her mom keeps pushing, but it makes me wonder why do they not want to put this all like she's probably 20. Like my daughter was 24 when she was diagnosed. So it's like, why do they not want to put this quote teenager on this medication, but it was okay for my daughter. And now they're changing to a slightly different variation of the same drug. Yeah. And it's like, makes me very nervous. Yeah. So I have a quick question. You said your dad's almost 93. Was he in World War II? Yes. 
Oh, wow. We have a, a Rotarian in our club that was in World War II. He's also 93. Yeah, he was a, a gunner in a little plane without head ear uh, coverage, of course. And so he lost his hearing, uh, most of it. And uh, now it's like you scream at him. And uh, that's, so that causes more of the problems. I'm yelling at him all the time. And he's, why are you yelling at me? And it's like, because you can't hear me. But um, so, yeah, he, no, he, the hearing is just horrible because of the no ear protection in the planes. Just think what they'll know in another 50, <laughs> 60, 70 years. Exactly. We won't be around then, but, um, and he won't wear hearing aids? Oh, yeah, even with the hearing aids. Uh, oh, wow. Both a private uh, audiologist and then the VA, they both said they've never seen somebody as bad as him. It's, it's so bad. He, and <laughs> we, with the hearing aids, he can at least hear, but now with the dementia, getting the words and the hearing and everything to work, it's harder. So it's a real problem. Yeah, I always, when I explain things to people that aren't like us, that don't deal with this every day, is it's like my mom's brain is like a crappy old computer. It comes on, yeah, but it does not work very well. It doesn't process yeah. information well. It doesn't process visual input well. And most people appreciate that analogy. Yeah. Because it makes sense to yeah. younger folks. Exactly. That's right. So now we know with Louie Body, and even as we get older, watch the anesthesia. We do have another a family friend who did um, two knee, you know, replaced both knees. And then he had a third surgery. And after the third surgery, his memory did not come back all the way. And it's like, and I think he's in his 70s. And it's, I'm like, I'm... I don't want any surgeries or any anesthesia, nothing. Yeah, and people don't, they should be telling us this. They should be talking to us, giving us that opportunity to make that a decision one way or the other. So, yeah, definitely. Well, I appreciate you helping me inform people because oh, this is you. like super important. Yes, I agree. And I know I'll probably see you in about a week and a half. That's right. Well, <laughs> in I'll person, I'll see you in, in a person. Week and a half. <laughs> Well, you guys have a great weekend. I okay, think you, you probably too. have to go get dad pretty quick. Yes? I do. I do. And and uh, the contractor that fixed the bathroom for it happened to just come. He's doing some work, so I have to talk to him first. Oh, okay. Well, I better let you go. And I appreciate it. And I will see you at our meeting pretty soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for all you're doing. You're welcome. So that's it for another week. Thanks for tuning in. A little housekeeping. You definitely should be following me on social media. I'm working on the YouTube page, and by the time you hear this, it might actually be worth checking out. That would be under Fading Memories Podcast on YouTube. Also, Facebook is Fading Memories Podcast, and Instagram is Alzheimer's Podcast. I've left all those links in the show notes, and I hope to see you guys online. And as always, I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday.